¿Qué ha pasado en la isla? No lo sé. Por favor, tranquilícese. ¿Qué ha pasado en Almanzora? Ante anoche, a eso de las once y media, empezaron las voces y las risas. Flores de acónito y una cruz de plata atravesando su corazón. Que Dios nos ayude. Por favor, señor Vélez, no lo haga, no la toque. Hello and welcome again to Arises from Spain. This is Mistress Elena, your hostess once again. Third show of 2018. Oh yes, and I have a very, very special show. But before starting, as always, let me remind you that I have an email added at this horizonsfromspain at gmail.com where you can send your comments, your proposals, and everything you want, even information that I want, uh, that you want me to read online. <laughs> I also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, where we have some exclusive things, some videos, and so, and please, don't forget about Twitter or Facebook. And remember... That I have an donate PayPal button on SpanishFear.com just in case you feel generous after you know all the Christmas feeling. And now, have you read the amazing interview? It's bad that I said that I did something amazing, but interview to Jack Taylor that is on SpanishFear.com. He talks uh, about uh, Marilyn, about the possibility of um, publishing his autobiography in English. He's looking for a publishing company. So if you know a publisher, 
that will be interested in this, please <laughs> send the information. And also he talks about uh, Paul Nazi, Osorio, Larraz and many others. Something you cannot miss. It took me many years <laughs> to interview this man. That's amazing, man. Okay. And also, Javier Botet, hmm, Nina Medeiros in Rec, will is part of the Slenderman American movie cast. And... Hmm, latest news that are not even on the side. The Nazi casters Rod Barnett and Troy Game, my favorite guys, will be responsible of audio commentaries on the blind dead new releases. That's the three, the Ghost Galleon and the fourth. I don't remember the title in English, but it's bullshit. Oh, that's it. And <laughs> what else? Also on the side, you can find some information about uh, Blu-ray of Paul Nassi still coming out that will be released in 4K and uh, the bootleg is by the amazing guest I have today and um, also it has some audio commentaries and interviews and so And you cannot miss Robert Monell. That's not in this show because it's gonna be a girl's show. Robert, don't get angry. Also, you are busy reviewing some Blu-rays for us. So, Robert Monell brought on the best of 2017 some Blu-rays, DVDs, and also some theater releases. And, most important, <laughs> no, most, more important Robert's nothing but we have the top five of some amazing Spanish director American friends and Spanish fan who rises from Spain family in general Julian Lara, Miquel Caballero Matellano Daniel Romero Troy Green by the way Jorge Luzer Meat, that's so important, you know. <laughs> Rafa Martinez, etc., etc. Share with us, you know, their top five from 2017. And um, in my case, my favorite were Veronica, mm, the wise man, you know, the Spanish tradition, we don't have Santa Claus or Father Christmas. Here we have the three wise men, Mechol, Gaspar and Baltasar, on the 6th of January. Hmm, they got me. My favorite 2017 movie on Blu-ray, special edition. Come on, guys. Including a comic. And this is Veronica. You can read the uh, review on the side. I'm still shocked with this movie. Totally in love about the Ouija and real events that happen here in Spain. I hope it's released soon there in the United States. It was released uh, all around Europe. And I know that now it's being released in South America. So mm, soon maybe it will arrive to the United States. It's directed by Paco Plaza, one of the wreck guys. Um, amazing. Okay, you have to. It's a must. The second one for me is Colossal. You know, Nacho Vigalondo's new movie from um, Nacho Vigalondo, directed Time Crimes, etc. And Colossal is it's an American movie, by the way. It's not Spanish at all because the productions were American. It's very American with Anne Hathaway and so. 
and it's an amazing movie. It's very funny and and so. Then get out. What can I say about this? The get out. Huh. Uh, Fede Tarras, that in English is called Bomb Skirt. This is a comedy, but it's very good comedy, by the way. And okay, because, you know, I'm vegan and I needed to play something animalist. <laughs> and now, you know, we are going to listen to a little piece of trailer that will introduce my guest. It's the girl. Okay, I don't know why I'm creating so much suspense because on the title of the show you have her name. But anyway, I've been following her and her writings for long. I admire her, her so much. I think she's an example of um, her critic and is a girl, something that is not so common. So it's Kat Ellinger and... B. <laughs> okay, sit down and relax, because she is the guest on the show, and she told us all about her book, All the Colors of Sergio Martino, published by Arrow, publications that will be out on January 26th, and now you can pre-order it on Amazon, and I imagine in different shops around United Kingdom, but we, that we are outside of the British <laughs> Empire, we better order it on Amazon. Il terrore è un'arte e i suoi colori non possono che essere. i colori del buio
ogni volta che spengerete la luce vi tornerà la paura di tutti i colori del buio Hello. <laughs> so now is the time for our interview and for today I have a very special guest, a girl that's something new for us because it seems that all of our experts are men, but not today. Today you have the girl session and for that I have the one and only Kat Ellinger, I hope I pronounce your name correctly. Close, Edinger. Oh, come Close. on, you British people <laughs> always saying things about pronunciation. <laughs> so, I invited Kat to my show, not only to give me the perfect pronunciation of every word, but because she has just, well, just not, but she's about to publish a, a book about, uh, you know, Sergio Martino, the Italian director. But be before, before we talk about the book, let me tell you that in the case you don't know her, that's impossible not to, but she's the editor-in-chief of W. Leak. Yes. Okay, I did it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Magazine. And also the co-host of a podcast, called Daughters of Darnex, and occasionally she works for Arrow Video. Yes? I do. <laughs> so, Kat, welcome to the show. Hello. I'm so glad to be here, actually. You should have more girls on. There are some of us yeah. lurking. <laughs> I'm looking for them. <laughs> So if you are a girl and you are listening to this, please send a, a, an email to risesfromspain at gmail.com. Thank you. You will be our next <laughs> guest. <laughs> so, Kat, well, you're an expert on European Gothic. You work for these magazines, for all the things I, I told you before. You have work on liners, booklets, and everything. You know a lot. And now you are publishing all the colors of Sergio Martino. I am. That will be out on June the 26th. Yeah. Oh, June? No, January. What I'm saying. January, yeah, yeah. This is coming out really soon, which surprised me. <laughs> I didn't know they were going to publish it so soon, but yes. Uh, end of this month, hopefully. And, uh, Kat, why, why, why Sergio Martino? Why? Because I love Sergio Martino. But also, I think when it comes to the giallo, everyone's always like Dario Argento. Dario Argento. Dario Argento. Now, I love Dario Argento, but I love Sergio more, and I love Umberto Lenzi. So it was, it kind of came from there. But then, not just the horror, and not just the giallo, Martino made loads of other films. Like, he made... In, I think, maybe 66 credits, a third of that was comedy. 
and I absolutely love Italian comedy. So I wanted to show people that there's another side to Sergio, that it's not just the Jallo films that he made, which was a handful, really. He made even more comedies and he made action films and he made television and, you know. So it was a, it was a challenge because it's a small book because it's supposed to be like an introduction. Uh, and I had to squash everything in, <laughs> which was difficult once I started because I like to go big and to keep everything, you know, compact and, you know, was, was a challenge for me. But I'm, I'm glad I did it. So it was that really just to show everyone that there's a different side to Sergio Martino and that he made so many other films which were just as good as his shallow films. And, and where, where did you get idea for this book uh, from? It was something you were asked to or is something you wanted no. to do? Yeah, no, it was something I wanted to do. It was, um, yeah, it was just something I wanted to do, really. Um, I feel that so much has been said about Argento and people kind of forget that Sergio started around the same time and was making films at the same time, and he kind of gets ignored in that respect. Not so much with cult fans, but more mainstream fans. And, of course, Arrow catered to a lot of people. They cater to people who are mainstream and who will just kind of buy stuff because the label puts it out and they're discovering. So I thought it would be a good introduction for people, and hopefully people that know Sergio will read some stuff they didn't know as well. So... I tried to get a balance. It was hard, though, because it was such a tiny little word count. But, yeah, hopefully. I'm I'm very nervous for people to read it. <laughs> I won't know till the end of the month, I guess. How long did but, it take you to write it? Um, About half a year. Oh, that's I, yeah, it was, I did some crazy research, including... And I know you helped me with some translations... And I translated parts of his autobiography, which are in Italian, and I don't speak Italian. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I was there with the translator software, typing in Italian words and then double checking it. So that took a long time. Yeah. Because um, especially his, a lot of his films that aren't his shadow films, of course, there's not a lot being written about. Um, and I did hope to talk to him and I did have an interview set up, but we couldn't manage it in the end with the time. So unfortunately, I didn't get to speak to him. So I had to rely on this autobiography, which became my Bible. But um, I don't like looking at it now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Sergio. It's just too many late nights sort of typing in, typing and typing. Um, um. And what was the most surprising thing you, you learned about him? Oh, I don't want to say the most surprising thing because it's a surprise for the book. And if I... Okay, if I, no spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know the info is out there, but it's not widely known. But he was going to work or did try to work with a very, very, very iconic figure in action cinema. Mm. So... Uh, Yeah, I got the story on that. So that kind of surprised me. Um, yeah, um, all the stuff about his early life, um, how he got into working in the industry, because obviously his grandfather was a director, but his grandmother and his mother were actresses, and they kind of 
his whole childhood was around cinema and he met like people like Vittorio De Sica and um Mario Camerini and people like that as he was growing up they were just part of his life all these sort of iconic Italian people so that was surprising so I think he gets dismissed as a kind of Italian Roger Corman which he was in a way because he made he wanted to make entertaining films and he did you know he didn't make intellectual films he made films you know just fun films for people to enjoy uh but he is a very sort of he's a very clever man though he's got a good formula and it works but his his love for cinema sort of is part of him you know this whole childhood that he had growing up around the italian film industry working in the days in the 60s and the 70s you know when there was some amazing stuff coming out of Italy and all the people he worked with. So it was it was a really, really interesting project to research, yeah. really interesting yeah. point of view. Yeah, because um, I want to say that uh, I love all the yellow, you know, directors, but in the case of Sergio Martino, there is... Okay, people, fans of the yellow, don't be offended by this sentence, but there is... <laughs> you know, a trace of more quality, you know, in uh, his films. I mean, uh, there is kind of trace of the Scola thing, you know. Scola is one of my favorite Italian directors from the 70s. And um, the way, for example, of Colors of the Dark, I think is quite um, based on that kind of stints, the colors... I don't know how to explain this because I think it's kind of mm, not objective. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he did make low-budget films and he made no illusions that he did otherwise. And I think that's what I love about him because he is so down-to-earth and you see him a lot of times in interviews. He always looks very serious, but I think he probably just gets fed up of being asked the same stuff. Yeah. Because he is actually a funny guy. And to have made so many comedies and for them to be so funny as well in that typically Italian way. You know, he can't be so serious. But I think he just wanted to make films that people would enjoy. And he did, um, much like Roger Corman, just yeah. on a smaller scale. I think he was always, always, always up against it with his budgets, though. So he had to be clever to get round things you know he didn't have the money that Argento had yeah. in that way yeah because Argento was stop more focused on yellow and that's all <laughs> yeah and, um, but not as fun always not as fun always though <laughs> <laughs> and um, what what's special about this book what things can we find in it that's new for, for all Giallo and Sergio Martino fans? I think, well, he wasn't an auteur like, like Argento in that way, and I think all his Giallos are kind of different. But what I love about them, and I wrote about this in the book, and um, one of the guys who works for Arrow did a really good sort of video piece on I think it was their Your Vice is a lot room disc where um like Argento's Jallo films were very male and very cold 
Um, and then you had um, Bert Lenzi with his earlier films, the ones with Carol Baker, were very feminine. And they're more like gothic melodramas, you know, these with three or four people and usually kind of a love triangle or some woman who was slightly neurotic and somebody trying to send her mad, sort of more like um, those 40s gothic melodramas in a way, but just down in this sort of late 60s aesthetic. And what Sergio did was he took both of those elements and he tied them together. So he had the violence of Dario Argento, but then he had, because a lot of Argento's protagonists are male, but mm-hmm. Sergio's, he always had Edward, Edward Fennec, um or Anita Stringberg. He always had some sort of sort of gothic heroine at the centre, and I guess that's what I love about them. Uh, but they weren't too slow-paced. They weren't just melodramas with the odd bit of thing. They also had the excitement of Argento in that they had lots of violence um, and a lot more sex than Argento as well. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah, I know, I know. And uh, apart from uh, from you, is there any other writer, any other collaborator in the book? No. It's just me on my own. Good. Yeah. <laughs> no one, no one came to help. I mean, I did have help, and he helped um, a friend of mine, Mark Thompson Ashworth, help with some translations and stuff. And you know, so people sort of helped, but yeah, it was just me. I just say a lot of these Jano were um, Spanish co-productions uh-huh. as well. Yeah. So I think that made them a little bit different. Argentos because they have that kind of you have a lot of Spanish actors turning up mm-hmm. and you, they just have that that kind of I don't know that little bit of a hint of Spanish horror to them as well yeah <laughs> and uh, I, I think it's a good idea to have the book on your own because for example I don't know about uh, British publications but for example in Spain nowadays is uh, you know the, the in thing is to publish a book with different authors, with different articles, and the problem is that uh, you don't have um, a same line. They they have their views, they are not experts, some of them are experts. Uh, there is no sense in these books. <laughs> I know what you mean, but I am doing an edited volume <laughs> <laughs> later on next year, but it's all, um, so it's all women scholars, it's not just anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're women that are actual scholars and historians who were writing about hammer horror films mm-hmm. from a, a kind of a female point of view. But because I'm a total control freak as an editor, I've got everyone pinned down to a certain. <laughs> <laughs> so it, there will be like an overall thesis to the book. And it hopefully will, you know, when it all comes together, it will sort of gel. So, yeah, I know what you mean, though. There do seem to be a lot of edited volumes just crop up where anybody and everyone's just kind of writing in there. I won't name any, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's terrible because, for example, uh, you find very good articles. I'm going to take us, for example, the latest Paul Nassi book that was published in Spain. You have really good articles on... Paul Nassi in Japan with a guy that lives in Japan and tells the truth and so. And then you find some articles that have no sense. They only talk about the, you know, the story in the film and that's all because they don't know a lot about Paul Nassi. But the thing is that they brought it for free. So 
So it's a kind of, of mess. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't know there was another Nashi book out. All the Nashi books. So many Nashi books. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> no terrible. On there. And now there's loads. <laughs> yeah, I was asked by four people to be part of a Nashi book, of a different <laughs> Nashi book, <laughs> at the same time. And I say to them, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot control you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we do need more books on poor Nashi, especially (laughs) in his Spanish ones, but maybe not so many. Yeah, but I think Um, we need something that is focused on one thing, not in, oh, different, different things. I write about this, I write about the other thing. And then, you know, authors fighting against each other. I hate you. You're whatever. And it was... <laughs> yeah, we have seen the... I don't know. I find all that quite entertaining, really. Yeah. I think it's a man thing, though, because you generally don't see women writers doing that. <laughs> they kind of just run along and, you know... <laughs> well, they don't join groups and start trying to do that thing to show they know more than anyone else by trying to come out with the most obscure facts you kind of tend to not see women doing that so yeah. I find it <laughs> I think it's kind well, I'm, of I'm, been... I'm a sociologist at heart that's what I studied in so for me like from a sociological perspective it's great yeah you yeah. know I, just... <laughs> <laughs> I need to write some fiction on this on fandom <laughs> oh you should I do I can't always joke I'm going to write a black comedy novel about <laughs> some of the stuff <laughs> We need to work so, on that. Yeah. Especially some of the stuff behind the scenes is just so good. It's just <laughs> great. <laughs> okay, so and now tell me, what's the thing you like the most about Martino's movies? About Martino's style? Oh God. I don't know. Just that they're really, really fun. At the end of the day, I love trashy films. I'm not saying Mar- Martino is trashy, but he did make a lot of sex comedies and a lot of, it's like, I love American Tiger, which is one of the most god-awful action films. It's terrible. It's like one of those shot-on-video Hong Kong action films just without the kung fu or the stunts. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got Donald Pleasance in it in that strange part of his career at the end when he was just in anything. And I love it because it's just so fun and doesn't take itself too seriously, I think. Um, But then some of my favourite Martinos, so I call the Colours of the Dark, I just love because they're just really 70s. And, you know, you've got all the naked people in the (laughs) temple. (laughs) Music's great. And... You know, and he just knew how to make something that was really fun. So I've seen all of his films. I've even seen, like, and like I said, I don't speak Italian. So I've even, for the book, was watching his some of his Italian television comedies in Italian with no subs. I mean, you don't really need to speak Italian to understand them. Because no. it's usually some loser guy trying to get it on with some really beautiful woman and acting like a complete idiot. So it's a lot, mainly physical comedy. And even them not understanding exactly what they're saying is still funny. (laughs) So, yeah, I just, I'm easily pleased, I guess, in that respect. I just like to be entertained, you know. And they're just good fun. You can just sit down and put them on and, you know, 
enjoy yourself, not have to worry too much. <laughs> <laughs> Do you wanna? I don't know if you don't if you know about this anecdote. I forgot to tell you about it. But um, the movie in in Spanish is called La Montaña del Dios Caníbal. In Italian, uh, I think it's called La Montaña del Dio Caníbale. It's a movie from 1978. Show is about a girl and a brother going to New Guinea to expedition, something like that. Okay, it's kind of uh, Mine. Yeah. Mountain of the Cannibal God. That's one. <laughs> is she the Andres? Yeah, that one. that one. Okay, so in um, on Spanish television, we only got two different channels till I was a teenager, okay? It was, uh, there were the state TV channels. And um, the thing is that um, they read, okay, the mountain of uh, this god, whatever. Ah, this must be adventure. Wah, wah, wah. And <laughs> the movie was broadcast at... Five or four in the afternoon for the kids. <laughs> That's amazing. And all the kids in Spain were looking at that. <laughs> <laughs> that is really cool. Did it have the bestiality in it? Yeah. Does <laughs> so someone have to call the state television and say, "What the fuck are you doing?" <laughs> So in every story, the history of TV in Spain, you have this anecdote of a Sergio Martino film that, you know, terrorized a complete generation of people. <laughs> <laughs> that is brilliant. It is kind of like an adventure film, though, because all those, like, exotic ones that he did, like um, The Great Alligator and that, they are kind of like adventure films, though, just with bestiality and cannibalism and... All that sort of stuff in it. <laughs> They're kind of like Indiana Jones meets Cannibal Ferox. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, what would you say to to the audience, to to the listeners, to all the fans? You know that are thousands <laughs> uh, about your book. Something that you know will make them be interested in the book oh god i'm terrible at this i'm british we're supposed to be really modest and like <laughs> you are not a spaniard i know <laughs> <laughs> i was married to a spaniard though <laughs> that's hard <laughs> i spent a year protect like waiting to politely interrupt and then realize that was never gonna happen <laughs> i just <laughs> I'm waiting for a pause so I can just say, oh, excuse me. So, yeah, <laughs> educational. <laughs> there we are. We're not. <laughs> we are very intense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was, um, he was from Sevilla as well. Woo! Don't say. Yeah. Okay, for, for, for listeners, you are not going to understand <laughs> this joke, but people from the Santa of Spain, like me, that's from Madrid make fun of people from the south <laughs> saying that they're kind of a stupid ole 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 flamenco <laughs> and we hate people from Barcelona <laughs> Mine, he did love flamenco he yeah. did oh. yeah I love the flamenco <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> and what's that song? There's a song called Sevilla. It's like a flamenco song by those two guys. Those two guys who did the... Um, Macarena oh. One. Yes, those them. Oh, God, that Sevilla song. Ah, Sevilla con un color especial. Yes! <laughs> Every Sunday, I had to listen to that. Oh, oh. my God. <laughs> okay, listeners, yes. we are still on Sergio Martino, okay? Yeah. He probably doesn't like flamenco. Oh, I don't know if you... If you want to learn about Sergio Martino and what else he had to offer cinema, which was loads, not just five or six shadow films, which are brilliant, um, buy the book because I, you know, nearly killed myself writing it. <laughs> <laughs> I could have researched anything else, you know, I just, you know, so hopefully, even for people that are really, really into, and there is that story, which I'm not going to reveal. Although I researched it in depth and then found an old fango and saw it mentioned. And I was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> but, yeah, there is. So there probably are some people who go, oh, I knew that. But, you know, <laughs> it's a detailed story, not just a comment. <laughs> they have to go and buy it because also he came here to promote the book. He was my guest. And I end up singing Sevilla tiene un color especial to her so that's really hard so go and buy the book the trauma <laughs> memories <laughs> okay <laughs> and now Kat you are an expert on European Gothic okay and I know you, you, you kind of like some of Jess uh, Franco's movies and some for example uh, Jorge Grau You know, yeah. Ceremonia Sangrienta. I don't remember the the title in English. Well, it's got a few, actually, but Bread Ceremony is the one I like. Today is not my day. I'm trying not to translate the title <laughs> because I'm not sure about it. But yeah. that one's got so many titles. It's got, like, about 20 titles. Was it Castle of the Living Dead, I think, is another one of them. I like Blood Ceremony. That's yeah, on IMDb, it says The Legend of Blood Castle. Oh, yeah, Legend of Blood Castle, that's it. Not Castle of the Living Dead. That's that bloody Italian film. Too <laughs> <laughs> many castles. <laughs> so, so which uh, Spanish Gothic movies did you enjoy the most? Oh, my God. See, I love Spanish horror. That was the one good thing that I got out of that husband. <laughs> He kind of introduced me to Spanish film. That was We were married in the 90s, late 90s. So um, British horror like or American horror gone pretty shit at the time. So it was around that time that I kind of got more into European horror and Japanese horror as well. Mm -hmm. So he sort of introduced me to Paul Nashi. Anna Motivar as well, who I love, and you know, so, and we did used to have the Spanish television actually, TVE mm -hmm. broadcasting, device, which is educational. You have some very interesting game shows on there, which we used to. <laughs> so I don't know. I just it's hard to pick. It's hard to pick like just one or two. Like obviously, I love the Bread Spattered Bride. 
which oh, I did okay. just a commentary for, which probably just, I haven't heard that commentary since we did it. It's probably just me going <laughs> to it because I just love that film. I don't um, like I, it so much. Uh, so you don't like um, Aranda, do you? So I, I love him. Like, even it's not horror stuff. No, but first because they killed the dog, and that's... Oh, yeah, there is that. <laughs> and then maybe I have only watched it once, so maybe I was just not in the mood, you know? But I didn't... No, I don't know, didn't feel anything. I don't know, because it's, like, it's got quite a feminist kind of context to it, which is... You know, obviously something I'm personally interested in, but this kind of thing of the vampire not really being the bad guy, it's the yeah. husband. So I love that. And it's a similar thing in Daughters of Darkness, although the vampire and that is kind of evil. But this thing of these women coming together to get one of the women away from a violent marriage. So I guess that's what I love about it. And it's just so strange as well. It's got a really strange vibe. I love things like the Dracula saga. Oh, that's one that's amazing. Oh. Which I needs to have like a, and obviously George Grau's, um Blood Ceremony, which is I don't think it's ever had a really good release over here. <laughs> I don't. I know they did the Living Dead at the Manchester Mall, but not that. And I'd love to see that restored. Yeah. Because it's a really beautiful film. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you count this as a gothic or not. I guess it is. It's a film called La Yamada. La Yamada. Sweet Sound of Death. It's like um, a mid-60s film, and it's about this guy, and he makes a promise with his girlfriend that if one of them dies, they'll come back. And then she dies in a in a, a plane crash. And then a few days later, she kind of just turns up again. It's not, it does go into gothic, but, um. Who's the director? I don't know. Do you know, I saw it. It was an extra on another DVD, I think. La Llamada. It may be an episode from uh, Stories to Keep You Awake. No, no, no. It's an actual film. Um, and I think it did have an American release. But it kind of reminds me of, um,. Carnival of Souls, but a Spanish version. It's like a weird fairy tale, and it's got this house with all these ghosts in it. Um, I'm going to look Javier Seto. Sorry? Javier Seto. Mm. director from Never Heard Of. Um, yeah, somebody listening will probably know what disc that was on, but it was stuck as on as an extra on some which, and I love that film. It is kind of gothic in a in a bit of an Edgar Allan Poe way, mm, but I not. Don't know. I'm trying to find it. <laughs> <laughs> you need to see it. It's yeah. brilliant, but it's it's not um it's not kind of period set gothic like stuff like Dracula Saga. Um, and Malenka as well, which I love, and that's coming out, isn't it? Which is good. Yeah, I'm trying uh, to, to find it, but the, the problem is that last year a movie called La Llamada was, uh, you know, premiere in Spain, so I only. Uh, try it, look it for it under the English title, which is Sweet Sound of Death. Then? Sweet, Sweet Sound of Death. 
Okay. I think I found something. And now we are going to have some music. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I haven't seen this one. It's very good. Mm. It's it's strange. It's like like I just said, it's like um kind of reminds me a bit of Carnival of Souls. You mm-hmm. know, the American Yeah. yeah like yeah. that that kind of same thing. It's got that kind of same weirdness. And it's contemporary set, but it's got this real kind of gothic mm-hmm. fantasy aspect to it. It's a brilliant little film. Okay. And he was also the director of part of something called Panamor y Andalucía that is a copy of uh, Vittorio De Sica movies. Ah, so I don't know that. I don't know anything about the director. Yeah, no, I'm Nothing. just checking on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> and he's the director of a movie that I love. It's not a horror, but it's called Long Play that is one of these groovy movies with music about ah. 60s everybody dancing <laughs> singing and so oh my god ok <laughs> ok perfect, perfect. I'm getting yeah, this down <laughs> definitely definitely recommend that one definitely and of course I love Jess Franco's take on gothic which was a bit out there mm-hmm. um I especially love Vampires Lesbos. Oh, yeah, that's a classic. It's just like the subversion of Bram Stoker. You've got Dracula in a white bikini. <laughs> <laughs> I love Jess, though. He just really want, he hated all that. As much as I love Hammer, I could see his frustration with it. You know, he wanted something different. Yeah. So he did. So, yeah. I mean, I... I, I don't think you could cast vampires as was gothic, gothic, really. I guess, <laughs> <laughs> even though it's psychedelic gothic. Yeah, but uh, you know, those days were really difficult here. <laughs> Do you know what though? I love his crank, Count Dracula, even though it gets sagged off. Yeah, I I, I love it. Mm. I just mm. see, yeah, mm, see. <laughs> Some people normally go. I just there's parts of it that are just beautiful I think um, obviously Christopher Lee loved it because he thought he was in the adaptation so <laughs> <laughs> because Dracula had a white moustache oh but yeah <laughs> I did actually see something funny some um, Hammer fan who'd accidentally watched the bloody church which was quite funny because yeah. they because Christopher Lee was in it, it would be like a Hammer film. They were they were like outraged about all the vaginas in it. That was actually what they said. <laughs> what is this? What is this film? <laughs> but it's just Frank, okay? People know that I I'm not a fan, <laughs> but I, I love. I also love, although he made a lot of films here in Britain, Laras. Oh, um, yes, yes, yes. Love Jose Loraz. And he kind of did got Like, Symptoms is kind of a gothic melodrama, I think. Yeah. But yeah. a lot of his earlier films, they're like gothic, but a different sort of gothic, like an earthy gothic. Mm-hmm. Spanish. Like, even the ones he made in Britain are still... They're not like anything anybody made here at the time. Yeah. You know, the other day I interviewed Jack Taylor. You can read it on the website. Spanish and you know, <laughs> and you know I love Jack Taylor. 
And uh, I asked him about, you know, about Osorio, Paul Nassi, Jess Franco, all these people. And when I asked him about La Raz, he said something like, I love La Raz, okay? He was very nice, the stories were good, but the producers fucked them all. <laughs> I said, what? <laughs> Monty, he was in those later ones, wasn't he? Those those slashers that he yeah, did. Yeah, I I think he was um, in the age of the axe and also yeah. in resting pieces. I think. Although they're still quite interesting, you can yeah. tell they're still Laraz. They're kind of like set in these old houses and stuff. They still got his things in them, but they're not my favourite. Have you ever seen the Sevilla Connection that he did? That terrible cop comedy. That was. <laughs> If I'm not wrong, in Sevilla Connection, I'm just checking, okay? Well, yes, actually, he, 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 the, the main stars are a couple of comedians from Spain, from the south, just saying, people. <laughs> that yes. are always with the same sketch, with the same story, that is the typical... Okay, in the south of Spain, I, I need the contest. In the south of Spain, we have, um, there are gypsy people. But it's not Roma people, it's gypsy people. That, but now they, they are part of, of our community, okay? But uh, they are very special. They have a special accent, etc. And all the sketch is both of them dressed as women, as women. <laughs> <laughs> and saying things like uh, Dixie people with, uh, you know, South accent, and it's not funny at all. <laughs> no. And it's the only thing they know how to do, okay? So, La Raz took them for this m stupid movie. Oh, it's awful. So, I had this thing I had to watch everything he, he made, so I went on <laughs> this, like, thing, and I even watched that. And I was just like, and the golden lady, which is just like, oh. But he made some brilliant stuff in the 80s, yeah. though. I really like his com comedy, Juana la Loca, the Veth and Condo. <laughs> I love that. It's ridiculous, but. <laughs> Do you know what happened with those movies? Those movies are from the times of uh, what we call El Destape, you know, when Franco yeah. died. Franco, but the dictator, you know, no, just Franco, okay? <laughs> just in case. Yeah. Um, and everybody went to see sex, 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 sex. So we call them the Stape. The Stape is to be Ancova. Um, and <laughs> they're very crazy because they are full of uh, sexual things and also full of political jokes that now nobody understands. Because there were jokes that were settled in those times. Yeah. About... Good, it makes them more crazy, though, I think. Yeah, it's like uh, La like Momia Nacional. Kind of... Which I love. Yeah. And Bolvo's uh, but... Machicos as well. <laughs> but there are some jokes that I, I don't understand. What? <laughs> no, but they got, they're kind of gothic, I guess. They're gothic yeah. comedies. Yeah. But they're a lot of fun. I can't see any of those films ever getting English translations, those are things, so I don't know what the market would be. It's impossible. I think once the Nazi casters asked me for an explanation on one of these Nazi films that is set in those times, that is full of people with a lot of political jokes, and I said, I cannot explain the movie to you because I haven't understood <laughs> a word. <laughs> So. so yeah, a bit off 
see all that Spanish politics stuff I got fed from the ex-husband because he grew up under Franco like a lot of his relatives came here in exile so he had all these cousins who were born Brit- in British but their grand- their mothers were Spanish they'd come here in the Civil War um, but his family had stayed there so like all the stories about the what you know how they had to live under Franco is just crazy yeah. like my old mother-in-law was telling me she couldn't go and get a coffee without a chaperone <laughs> like she couldn't just go to a coffee shop and buy a coffee because she needed a chaperone and um she couldn't have a bank account couldn't have mm. you know just all this kind of stuff is crazy so when you see it in the films they have to be so careful to suggest everything but i love the fact that as soon as he died like everything just went sex <laughs> like you know you've kind of like repressed us for all these years so we're just going to take everything off now yeah and i think there's a lot people do kind of outside of that look at those films and say oh they're misogynistic or all this stuff but and it's the same with italian films as well but the cultural context of being naked and expressing sex and stuff was really important at the time for men and women and I think that gets missed. You know, they were all kind of just wrapped up in this freedom. But it does tend to get misread by Western English-speaking audiences. I think you just think, oh, you know, it's cheap, it's crass. But at the time, it was culturally significant because they couldn't have ever done anything like that under fascism. So it's like, you know, quite liberating to them. So I kind of love that little period cause you can sense the excitement. You know, you had Aranda making films about people having sex changes and (laughs) (laughs) for Nashi doing, like, you know, transsexual dramas and, you know, just all this crazy stuff coming out. The transsexual drama is one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. It is a strange film. Very strange because they're, you know, they're... uh, the queen, uh, you know, the transsexual giving birth to the doll. What the fuck? Yeah, it's really... And it came out, I think, the same year or the year after Cambio de Sex. So have you seen that one? Yeah. Miranda's, <laughs> which is, like, just nuts. Um, <laughs> Victoria Abril kind of, <clears throat> like... <laughs> well, but Victoria Abril was the queen of El Destape. I love her, though. <laughs> I absolutely love her. Yes. So it's not like Miranda, because he had such good actresses. Anna Belen as well. Yeah. And always with um, Victoria Abril. But she was so young when she did that film. So, yeah. yeah. Because she's still yeah. young now, because she's still working on movies. She's yeah. in France, I think. Let's see, she must here. have been, like, 17, maybe 18 or so, just really, really young when she did started doing those films. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> and you've got kind of, like, full frontal transsexual nudity and stuff in them. <laughs> that one is so big. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, imagining how the Spanish, or imagining my old ex-mother-in-law, who's very Catholic, very, <laughs> like, you know, what she would have made of a Jess Franco film or something like that. <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, one of our neighbors was uh, just uh, one of Jess Franco camera assistants. Oh, that's brilliant. 
Yeah, I don't remember the guy, but every time we say just Franco, my mother say, don't you remember that when we live in that side? <laughs> <laughs> I say, but what was the name? I don't know. I say, okay, come on. <laughs> that is brilliant, though. Yeah. Okay, Kat, thank you very much. I don't want to take more of your time. Thank so, you. Um, thanks so much for being part of the show. Thank you. I really enjoyed it, actually. And it's lovely to finally speak. <laughs> yes. Reverend, yeah. you've never actually spoke, spoke. No, I was very surprised because of your extra British accent. My British accent. <laughs> <laughs> See, in Britain, I'm like a kind of a like country person. Wow. Like a southern person. <laughs> it's a southwest accent. It's like the the hicks of Britain but to outside of Britain it sounds like <laughs> like I don't know which is good yeah I love it so thanks a lot Kat it was a pleasure really same, same here we, we need to do it again other than same. you know and, f- and find some more girls as well yeah yeah this is a call because I, I found a girl in Madrid speaking English knowing about cinema but she was stressed she said this podcasting thing is very stressful I cannot continue with it (laughs) (laughs) you need to have a like promotion find some women because you know we're out there I'm I'm not the only one that much I know yeah so I'm um, I'm with a casting. So people, uh, girls, if you are interested, send me mail, okay? <laughs> so Kat, thanks again, and we will continue with the show now. Okay, thank you. 1920, The Golem, directed by Paul Wegner and Henrik Galeen. 1926, The Battleship Potemkin. By Sergei Eisenstein. 1930, M. By Fritz Lang. 1931, Large Door. By Luis Bunuel. Four great pictures. Four masterpieces on violence. Today, Sergio Martino reaffirms this classic violence with... The Case of the Scorpion's Tail.
say goodbye. It's so sad. But let me give you good news. That um, these uh, creepy images, the fanzine, when the new is, is going to be printed at the end of January. So soon we will have a new one. And you know that I love this magazine. Also, do, you, do we know anything about this Lara double feature that was supposed to be released by Dorado Films? Okay, I'm just saying because I received some questions in the email. Remember that email added is horizonsfrenspain at gmail.com. And also, remember that on Horizons from Spain and also on SpanishFear.com, we have a beautiful banner of our sponsor that is called Generación X, Generation X in English. That's the best shop, store, as you want to call it, for merchandise in Spain. I think they also serve abroad where you can find all kind of figures role games um and alt board games also role games board games <laughs> that is truly amazing one day i will take a tour on their in their stores and i will send you pictures because it's really really amazing but you can also visit their online store and you can check their agenda for activities and every day there's something going on there and uh, just clicking on our banner and what else remember that i have an email at gmail.com don't forget it follow me on instagram and also on twitter and facebook soon we will start with a youtube channel and also girls 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 <laughs> If you want to join me for a show, please drop me a line and we'll see what can we do. I'm really, really long. I need company. I'm isolated. So, and guys, if you are rich and extremely hot, you can also drop me a line and I will make an exception. <laughs> Don't forget the PayPal button on SpanishField.com. I hope you enjoyed this show. Let me thank cut again because <laughs> she got a lot of passion with me singing all the songs and so I promise I don't drink people who know me know that I don't drink so just imagine if I go wild and that's all I hope to see you soon next month mm, let's see what's in the making for fairy remember that I love you all bye bye ¿Qué ha pasado en la isla? No lo sé. Por favor, tranquilícese. ¿Qué ha pasado en la manzora? Ante anoche, a eso de las once y media, empezaron las voces y la risa. Flores de acónito y una cruz de plata atravesando su corazón. <risa>